1: This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and call to the town guards. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club, Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want, every day they want it. We're gonna bring y'all into our huddle. You are in Where's huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer Marcus. Yeah, what's up, Dan? And our master of all things sound and video, Maxine. How's it going, gentlemen? It is playoff time. I mean, we, you know, the regular season's phenomenal. We love every second of Voyage basketball. But if I'm being honest, this is the shit that matters. This is the thing we've been waiting for, right? The 82 game appetizer is done. We finally get to focus on the portion of the meal that matters. And I couldn't be more excited. Uh, Let me start here. How are you guys feeling? You know, nervous, confident. I mean we are recording this what on a Thursday. The first game is until Saturday, so we still have a little bit of runway left. Um yeah, what are your emotions?
2: I'm nervous. I'll tell you why. The Sacramento Kings feel like the you know, the proverbial team that is missing their star player of the playoff lineup. They're the one team that hasn't, you know, they've just broke their longest playoff drought of any professional sports of 18 years. That's just ripe for the Warriors to come out and fall flat on their faces. Because as we've seen, they're the type of team that seems to, I think, believe that they're more capable than maybe they actually are. And it turns out that an NBA team that gets to the three seed is going to be good no matter what. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous about this first round series, if I'm being honest with you.
1: I'm
0: Um, I'm conflicted. I feel like anytime I feel something positive or negative, I immediately talk myself into the other side of the argument right away. So, um, you know, the Kings have an amazing offense that the highest offense, you know, rating offense in NBA history. Um, They also have the lowest ranked defense of any playoff team that's in the playoffs this year. They're a terrible defense. Uh, Sabonis was getting, you know, like votes for MVP. You know, he's like fourth or fifth place on some people's ballots. So he's a legit all star. And, but they also haven't really been to the playoffs. And, you know, Fox and a few others haven't, haven't, aren't battle tested. So, really uh, been to
1: the playoffs, aren't battle tested. You mean that entire organization hasn't been there for 17 years, dude? The fuck are you talking about? No, they have They haven't.
0: But, you know, like, you know, Sabonis with the Pacers and then, you know, Mike Brown, obviously with us. So, Malik Monk with the Lakers. So, you know, it's different. Um as a as a team, they haven't been there, but individually they have. So is it a one on one contest?
1: We're We're not going there to play twenty one, are we? I feel like it's gonna be a team game. (laughs) I don't give a fuck what I unless they're going back to the Pacers where DeMontes is gonna be. I don't give a shit about what he did in Indiana.
0: Fair enough. Just telling you what I'm what I'm doing internally. This is the monologue I'm
1: I, um, I am, I'm fragile, and the whole pause thing already had me angry at you. So I'm going to be kicking off here as fast <laughs> as I can. Um, but so, in a word, how are you feeling?
0: Um, uh, two words: cautiously optimistic.
1: There you go. Um, I've been trying to be calm. I don't want to reverse jinx it. Um, In fact, to to get ready for this and make sure I wasn't too homer, I did my homework, all right? And I got the top 10 accomplishments that the Sacramento Kings have had in their playoff history, right? Want me to read them to you? Number one, zero. Number two, zero. Number three, zero. They have not done (laughs) shit for 17 years. So maybe they can establish some success now. It doesn't mean they can't, but I'm not too worried about their playoff pedigree to start, but I tell you what, boys. Let's look back one last time before we look forward. I got a ton of Sacramento questions for you, but let's do our glass half full. So don't just look back at recent hoop here. Give me a full on look at the Warriors season um, in its entirety and give me something either you like or you don't like. And I'll sit back. I mean, I've, I've got one, but I'm going to wait. You know, the audience heard for me and Wes just yesterday. Um, so what do you boys got? What do you think? Like or don't?
0: I'll go. Um, what I like last half full is that we didn't have Wiggins, um, arguably our second best player during the playoffs last year. We didn't have him for 45 games and we we're still the sixth seed. I know it, it was close and we could have, you know, been in the play in easily, but I think to miss that player and have Steph be out with injuries, Clay couldn't play back to backs for a while. We didn't have GP2 until the last few weeks of the season. You know, all of that after a championship hangover, to me, is glass half full because we're similar to last year when we didn't have all of our top our top lineup really play outside of like eleven minutes together. Right now, the playoffs we're going to be back with the healthy Wiggins and um, ready for the stretch run. So I think we held it together well it was a competitive Western Conference, and we still didn't have to go into the
1: playing game. I'll say that a different way, same exact point, all right? Let's say right before the season started, somebody spilled out of a time machine, and it was like, boys, bad news, like, oh my God, all right? Before the season, here's what's gonna happen. Draymond Green is gonna punch Jordan Poole right in his fucking face, and a video of that is going to release into the world, and everyone's gonna say Draymond's gone and Jordan Poole does not have a future, and he's gonna get called out by players in other sports. Then, gentlemen, worse news, once the season starts, Steph is going to miss 26 games. Wiggins is going to miss 45 games. Clay is going to miss 13 games. Remember Jermichael Green? That signing it won't work out at all. Remember the two timeline things? Not going to work. Wiseman's going to be fucking terrible. You guys are going to have to trade him out for two fucking second rounders that'll become GP2. But guess what? He's hurt too. He's going to miss a bunch of games, right? All of this is going to go down and it's going to lead to the worst road record ever. They are going to go 11 and 30 on the road. So I'd be sweating. It'd be awful. I'd be like, okay, well, you know, we're going to be terrible. It's, it's another season when we'll end up with the second pick. And then they stopped and they said, but good news. You made the playoffs. You're healthy. You've won eight of 10 and you're matched up against Sacramento. Gentlemen, that's the definition of glass half full. Shit burger year. As much frustration as we could have. And here we are against a team with no pedigree, hot, and healthy let's fucking go
2: hell yeah i mean how can I listen what else is there to say i i i just want to um share one little specific thing because i'm so excited for and proud of clay if i can be proud of a professional athlete like that um i just think it's worth uh, while we're being um, in a glass half full environment you know and obviously there's some glass half empty stuff that road record is a bummer but we're here now to your point we have Perhaps the best possible matchup that we could get um, in Sacramento in this first round. And I just think it's I'm I'm so excited by what we've seen from Clay coming back from back to back, pretty devastating injuries to have statistically comparable to some of his best seasons for certain month stretches, literally some of the best offensive basketball that we've ever seen from him. Um, And then on top of it, just to share a quote from Ron Adams, Ron Adams was on the show, uh, the morning roast with, um, with Bonte and butcher boy. And uh, you know, and he had, he had this to say, he said, I think lately he's been okay. He's had kind of an up and down defensive season, but he has shown that he can still play at the highest level defensively. And I think the playoffs have always brought out the best in clay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to ever be as bright of a mind as Ron Adams is um, for watching these guys play basketball. And I trust him completely, especially on, on his defensive prowess, so for him to say that he's shown that he can still play at the highest defensive level, I believe it, especially because I'm seeing him also be able to play at the highest offensive level. And if you can have Wiggins be the person that can be the primary on-ball defender the way Clay used to be, we have an opportunity here to have an even better defensive team than we used to have. You know, I just, I, I feel like all the pieces are coming together at the right time. And I really wanted to share, like the glass is more than half full to have Clay Thompson, this version of Clay Thompson back in our lives after those injuries.
1: It's such a Ron Adams-ass move to wait to the end of the year to just drop that casually i mean he knows we've all been freaking the hell out about clay's defense (laughs) i mean constantly you know it's clay clay again maybe offensively but not defense all of that and the the architect of the warriors defense the one guy who can give us some clarity on that has apparently secretly been thinking oh it doesn't mean shit until the playoffs he couldn't have said that like i don't know three months (laughs) ago dude you know in october like look there's gonna be some problems but who cares i'm uh I'm apparently angry at the world today, so let's move to the golden questions. First, the reminder, golden questions, mailbag boys, uh, always deals with the Warriors, sometimes gets personal, but this one's more Warriors-based, although, yeah, there's there's some personality angles as well. Here's our first quote. Huddle, I need a burst of that trademark optimism. Give me the elevator pitch. Why can the Warriors beat Sacramento? Um, MT, why don't you take this one first?
0: Because we've never lost a playoff series when Steph, Clay, and Draymond are healthy. And uh, Sacramento has the worst defensive rating out of all playoff teams. So, um, you know, I, I think it's Warriors in six and five if if we split the first two.
1: Luckily, I was going to crescendo up to the series prediction. So that <laughs> ending is completely ruined. <laughs> Wish I hadn't gone to you first. Warriors in uh, three. <laughs> and I'm piggybacking. And this is real similar to why I think they have a shot at winning it all. It's exactly what you said. They're hot and healthy at the right time. You already mentioned the Steph, Clay, and Dre pairing. Add Steve Kerr has never lost a series in the Western Conference playoffs at any stage. And then maybe most importantly, they have nine guys who all deserve to be in a playoff rotation. And you probably only need seven to eight to really make a push. Steph, Clay, Dre, Wiggins, Loon, Poole, GP2, Kaminga, Dante. They have a lineup, all of people, who are capable of making differences. So why can they win? Because they're the defending fucking champions with as much experience as you could possibly need, and they are healthy and ready to go at the right time. Maxime, what do we missing?
2: Nothing. That's literally it. Period.
1: Take the next one. Uh, quote, what King player will Warriors fans come to sports hate? So I already kind of blew my wad on this and really probably talked unnecessarily bad about redheads. For all the people who sent me hate mail, my bad, dude. I have nothing against redheads. I just don't like Kevin Herter. And I was just looking for you know a rock to throw his way. So my apology uh, to everyone with that genetic distinction. Who do you got, Maxime? Who do you think will hate?
2: Oh, I think it's going to be – I mean, there's potential for there to be a, a lot of discontent. But to me, I think Davion Mitchell is a serious contender to – to find a lot of hate because I mean he's going to carve us up in in some pretty nasty ways, but he's also somebody that we could have gotten in the draft and uh you know it's it's sort of a missed opportunity I think for um uh, for us and 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 here he is and he's looking great.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good call with Davion, especially his defense. He's he's known to give Steph some fits sometimes, but um, I'm going to go Malik Monk. I think he's such a streaky shooter that if he gets hot, then it's going to make. Mm. Uh, the series a lot tougher. So hopefully he doesn't have one of those hot streaks and, you know, like he scored 50 or so when, against the Clippers in that crazy game when it was like 175, 172. So, um, you know, he's got that swagger and that attitude from being on the Lakers in Kentucky.
1: <laughs> it's it's going to be somebody Let's I mean, I'm already on record with the uh, redheaded hate, so you guys know it's Kevin Herter from me. But what I do think it's going to be, I think there's going to be usual easy hate because watching somebody be remarkably competent against us sucks ass. So, you know, Sabonis is going to be really good and that will be frustrating. I don't like watching people beat my team uh, or play well against my team. But the thing that's more frustrating, that's hate inducing, it's one of those like random ass dude, like a guy you didn't think should be doing it. If Davion Mitchell hits like five threes, I will, my face will explode. You know, if Malik Monk has a 30 spot and a, a name I at least have to throw out here and I, I don't know Sacramento's roster as well as I should. And so I don't know how many minutes he gets and he probably doesn't get enough to get our, our sports ire up. But Matthew Della Delova, our old friend, um, the guy Steph sent to the hospital when, when he you know, guarded him for 30 minutes. I can see there being some random ass moment where our boy Della Delova you know, wants to make an impact and we end up talking about him for at least two podcast segments with how much <laughs> I hate him. Uh, let's go to our next question and it takes it to the other side of the coin essentially quote gentlemen i feel like warrior fans are getting a little cocky in the lead-up to this series do you think sacramento can win this or should we already be planning a trip to the second round um so look i have gone real heavy towards the warriors here you guys know how i feel can sacramento beat us of course they can of course they can you know it wasn't a 10-game season wasn't a 20-game season. They played 82 games. And over the course of those 82 games, Sacramento distinguished themselves. They had a phenomenal year. They're very talented, and they're led by a coach who not only knows what he's doing, he knows what the Warriors are doing. So do they have ingredients for us to be worried? Yeah, we do. And they have a fan base who's going to shit themselves with excitement. So if the Warriors do any of the things they were doing on the road that led to all the frustration that we've brought up, we're going to have problems you know that this is not going to be a steamroll scenario the warriors are going to have to play what they're capable of of doing and if they don't can they lose this of course they can
0: yeah i agree i, I think the two dangerous things one the kings are playing with house money they they kind of surprise everybody in being the three seed and nobody's picking them to wow. win against the warriors so you know that's always a recipe for a dangerous team, and You if they're the
1: favorite, I mean they're not the favorite, but even as the as the three seed and having the home court advantage, because I mean I I think you're I understand exactly where you're coming from, but does it change it at all since they are you know they should be the favorite since they're the third seed and have the better record?
0: I don't think so, just because every the talk and you know the betting lines are all have yeah. them as the underdog, so they probably take that as a slight and you know again the house money at that point, right? So. Um. So there's that, and then I, I know we were joking about the the pedigree, but one player who does have it and has <clears throat> the pedigree in our system is Harrison Barnes, and that can be a challenge when you have multiple people, not only Mike Brown but Harrison Barnes, who knows the culture, knows the Warriors, and has you know he may be far enough removed that he's you know, the, the pedigree has lost a little bit of its shine, but he's still Harrison Barnes. You know, when he was on our squad, we we loved him and he was a reason why we went to the small ball death lineup. So, um, you know, he's he's not a huge factor like everything pins on Harrison and we worry about him. But he's another X factor that if he gets hot and Malik Monk gets hot and Keegan Murray shoots it like he's not a rookie, then it's going to make the series
1: a lot harder than it should be. I Saw that point coming too, honestly, and tried to do a little bit of research there. So, second top 10 list these are the big shots that Harrison Barnes hit in the 2015 title run number one, nothing, number two, nothing, number three, nothing. Uh, Maxime, what do you think, dude? Why can the Kings beat us? Uh,
2: a little triggering there, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Harrison Barnes in the playoffs, and uh, the finals was, oof. um, in any case, um, yeah, great. Will say, <laughs> I, uh, you know, there, it, Teams and players will manufacture whatever they need um, to try to give themselves an edge. You know, we saw it with The Last Dance with, with Jordan, right, how he would come up with all kinds of stuff. And to MT's point, you know, you're like, hey, you know, if we're the higher seed and we're being, um, you know, we're being slated as the underdogs in Vegas, that's going to be a little chip on my shoulder. But at the same time, the reason that the top three seeds are the top three seeds, let's face it, they're talented, but it's also health. You know, all of the teams below them are just as competent. They just had serious injuries nagging them the whole year. We're very fortunate because we're definitely an older team compared to Sacramento, and that's definitely one of the reasons why they might be able to outlast us. But we're feeling pretty fresh, especially with Wiggins um, not having played in a few months. But I think another reason that needs to be um, recognized in this, in addition to what you all have said already, De'Aaron Fox this year is Mr. Clutch. Uh, and, and, you know, when the games get tight and you have to deal with uh, you know, team scheming against one another. And so you typically have less blowouts unless you're, you know, the 73 win warriors, uh, then, you know, that's, that's an opportunity for De'Aaron Fox to put it in when it really counts. and, And that's a concern. Like the,
1: the 2023 regular season warriors had a lot of problems. Two of them, they had problems with quick guards and they had problems with, with big men because we didn't have a lot of size. We got destroyed on the boards when it, when it got there and we had difficulty keeping people out of the paint. If the 2023 regular season Warriors show up to this series, yes, big problems, you know? And I mean, this it's an ongoing theme. We are all expecting this switch to be hit, but if they don't, to finish out this loop, can Sacto win? Yeah, shit, of course they can. This is the story of The One. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Here's one I'm excited for. Quote, Draymond's podcast has gotten some attention recently for having a clip that basically talked about the Warriors' game plan and gave the Kings some bulletin board material in the process. If you were Golden State, would you ask Draymond to stop recording during the playoffs? So first, let's play the clip that they were talking about if we've got that. It's going to be a tough matchup. But of course, I got the Doves taking
0: this one. Why would I not have the Doves taking this one? But it'll be tough. I'm looking forward to it. Um... You know, you want to try to get these games done as fast as you can. I would love to get it done in four, maybe five. Very hard to do. I don't care who you playing, by the way, whether it's a great team or not so great team, very hard to do that. But that's always ideally what you want to try to do. Uh, This is a team, a young team that doesn't have much playoff experience. You want to try to pounce on that right away. You don't want to let them get hope, uh, start getting more experience, and start believing you want to start trying to – Take that. You want to instill doubt right away. As much as you can, instill the doubt immediately. And so that has to be our goal going in. That will be our goal. I have no
1: doubt that we can get that done. Quick caveat. All right. So um, a fan on Twitter also said that Draymond was giving away their game plan. And Draymond had a response to that. Here it is, quote, you calling this a game plan is the exact reason you should just watch the game and cheer for whoever it is that you cheer for. Because you clearly don't even have a basketball, and I would imagine IQ is supposed to be in there, of a third grader. Enjoy this old narrative, though, again. So Draymond does not agree with him giving up any you know, salient points to their uh, game plan against the Kings. But Marcus, All right. I'm now Bob Myers. I'm kind of worried about this. I feel like I have the power to go and talk to him. He listens to me and stuff, but I'm not sure how to fucking approach it. And we're already kind of weird. And I want Draymond to like us because I want him to resign next year and and all of this, right? I call you up and ask your opinion. I don't want to make the call, dude, unless it's a really bad thing. Should I stop Draymond from recording the podcast? You respond?
0: No. And why not? Um, It worked last year. He, he did his podcast all throughout the playoffs last year and we won. So, you know, this is the evolution of Draymond. He's a lot smarter than I think that, um, uh, fan was giving him credit for There, there was nothing in what he said that gave away the game plan. If you think the game plan, that was a big secret was pounce on them early. We want to win in four to five games and don't instill hope because they're new to the playoffs. Like that's not, A strategy. That's just facts, you know, like, and everybody's talking about it. There's nothing like secret in there. Um, Who we're starting, what our rotation is, who's going to be guarding who, if they're going to put Wiggins or GP2 on Fox in the fourth quarter, like that's strategy. And he's not giving up any of that on any of his podcasts. So I think you let Draymond be Draymond, um, keep him in a good space mentally, and you know let the chips fall where they may
1: as, as the playoffs play Keeping out. Keeping him in a good space mentally is interesting. So the way I've been thinking about it, so I agree with you, you didn't give up any game plan points. Um, but i also go to say that that's not the only way that this thing can be detrimental to the team, right? So if, if we were coming up with, you know, keep an ongoing theme, we're coming up with lists, you know, what's what's good from this podcast, what's bad from this podcast. Let's start with what's bad. I don't know how much time he takes, who knows? Maybe he grabs that microphone and immediately starts talking and the whole thing takes however long the podcasts run. But that doesn't strike me like a Draymond Greeny thing to do. He is a very prepared person, he is very in control of what his image is, and he wants a fucking future in sports media. So the much better chance of that is that he's spending some time on this. So detriment number one, every second that he is spending on that podcast, I would prefer him spending getting ready for whatever. Taking free throws. I don't give a shit what it is. I would prefer it be spent in, in, you know, furtherance of the Warriors' pursuit of a championship, not his pursuit of a sports media career. Downside number two, bulletin board material. He it, it wasn't as straightforward as fuck the Kings, but he got close enough and he's calling out the win and it's possible that they can pull some motivation, maybe small amount. I'm not talking about that's why they're going to win, but can I see some some... Bad things for the Warriors. If I squint, sure. Let's go to the other side. I can't come up with any good things until, Marcus, you said Draymond's mentality. You know, I don't, and, and I, maybe it is. Maybe this clears his mind. I'm not positive on that. And so if, if the analysis is, I'm not sure if there's anything good, but I can't imagine some things that are bad, there's at least an argument for I want him to stop you know, and, and then it comes to relationship, you know, I'd you'd leave it to them. The, what, what Draymond ultimately does, they know, um, they know how he handles this. They know how to deal with him and however they decide to deal with this is the right way. But can I imagine a scenario where like why they'd want him to stop? Fuck yeah, man. You know, this it's playoff time, dude. It's not podcasting time.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I think superstition comes into play a little bit too. You know, you have, the, the routines that players don't want to break. Like Shaq always had his pregame routine, other other players too. And, you know, this may just be one of his routines. I don't remember if Draymond did his podcast during the finals. Do you, did he?
1: Uh, he may have. I mean, I know I know he didn't in 2014, 2015, the first title, or either titles <laughs> yeah. with KD. But I mean, and if, if they he did, if, I don't remember. If they you know, win this year, do they have to start off next year with punching pool in the face to keep the fucking traditions going? <laughs> I'm not sure that just traditions are enough.
0: Yeah, but that's that's a different tradition. I mean, you know, like if if he did, <laughs> listeners can keep us honest, obviously. But you know, like after that's we lost tradition. whatever game it was in uh, against the Celtics, and CJ McCollum is on and says to the to Draymond, "I'm sorry, picking pick the Celtics," and he uh-huh. said them they're going to be you know ringless just like you. Uh-huh. You know, like whether he said that in real time or on his podcast. It's the same, you know, concept of where he's taking time out and giving bullet board, bulletin board material to the opposing team. But you know, like
1: just it, the fact it, that it he's really, doing it—that yeah. that, yeah. that there's other things he's doing that is detrimental doesn't mean that this isn't detrimental. It just means he's doing it bad twice. You know, I mean, like that—it doesn't. If I break the law in the same way two different places, it doesn't justify the first one. I mean, like those—those those are two. There are two downsides. Maxine, where are you on this?
2: I. I, I kind of agree with Marcus. And the reason I was thinking through that is that, I mean, we're podcasting right now. Obviously we're not about to go, at least I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm not about to go play in the playoffs this weekend. Um, But this is also time that I could be spending working on my job or whatever. Um, And instead I've decided that, you know, I mean, like I, I spend more than 40 hours a week on my job and this is a space for me to hang and enjoy myself
1: perfect transition because I have a big word right here on my outline trial. Okay. You guys know I'm an attorney. This podcast means the world to me. And would i like for this to be my, my future, you know, the economic creator. Yes. I would like to have a future in sports media, which is why I spend as much time in this, but you know, when I don't boys trial trial is my version of playoffs. It's when my client needs me more than anything else is when it is game time. If I have one second, that is outside of my personal life to spend it's not spent here it's not can't be i do i i owe it to that client to do it in a different way um, so for me you know yes you're right there's a there's a balance between the two jobs that i'm doing but when it's playoff time for me this version of my life takes a back seat because that's how i you know my my that other job is how i pay for my mortgage it's what i owe to my client it's what i owe to my family So this is a personal, um, you know, view, and it's why again it goes back to what you were saying, Marcus. If doing this podcast made me more effective at trial, well then fuck, I need to do it five times in the lead-up. If it cleared my mind and sharpened my ability to speak, then it's it's helpful for everybody. So maybe it's doing that for Draymond, you know. But if and that's only he knows that. If if it's not, you know, if it's only possible downsides, then God damn it, man. It's trial time. You know, let's we, we need you to step up. We're his clients. We need you now. Yeah. We need you more than ever.
0: I think that that point is is the perfect point that we don't know the answer to. You said if it clears his mind, if it does that for him, then yeah. let him do it. And I don't think he's the only one who has that answer. I think he, Steph, Clay, Kerr and Myers probably all know that answer. And if he's still doing it, I think the the answer is he's talked to all of them, said that it does have that benefit for him. And if they're winning and it's working, then they're not going to stop it. If they lose, then they might it may change
1: next year. I mean, so two points there, and both kind of agreeing. But factoring what most Bates told us, what's championship culture mean? It Means they hang out. That that was his definition in, in a thousand different ways. They do it in backyards, they do it in gyms, they do it in film rooms, they hang out. And so the chances of this, you know, being discussed is pretty high. You know, it was probably thrown around if passive aggressively, if nothing else. But here's the other thing: if I had to handpick one person who wouldn't give a fuck about outside criticism and be like, you know what? I hear you, but I'm still gonna podcast, it would be Draymond Green. <laughs> You know, I mean the so you know g- good place to wrap it, and I, I think that there's there's real vitriol on both sides. You know, um, but if they win, then it doesn't matter. You know, if if they pull it out, then it is what it is. To our next quote, with the amount of talk between the fan bases, this series is bound to get chippy. What two players are most likely to fight? Mm. I'll give you give you guys uh, an answer just to give you time to think. I think it might be Draymond and Jordan Poole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go Draymond and Trey Lyles.
1: Why? Is Trey a little chippy? I don't really know a whole lot about Trey. Yeah, I mean
0: Sacramento isn't that deep, you know. Like uh, I think our bench is um, measurably stronger than theirs, especially the short and rotate. Playoff rotation, and Trey Lyles is going to have to come off the bench and play, and he's been solid for them, um, especially towards the back half of the season. But he's, you know, he's just a little chippier, you know. Like he, he had that run in with uh, Giannis where he didn't like that he dribbled in front of him, and you know he pushed oh, Giannis. Yeah, that, so that,
1: that Trey Lyles, that's yeah, what I mean. that's, <laughs> that dude, yeah, that Trey Lyles. So you
0: know, if he if he's doing that, you know, and and he's got his Kentucky brother and Malik Monk with him, I think they just. You know, he he's the semi
1: enforcer of of that team. I forgot to tell you, I didn't pull the clips. I didn't have time. But Draymond actually just released a podcast as we were talking, and one of the clips is Trey Lyles is a giant bitch. He said so. I (laughs) I don't know that that's a joke (laughs) for anyone looking to aggregate. Yeah, that did not happen. That is a hundred percent a joke. Um, I'm looking back at the question. The beginning of it is with the amount of talk between the fans. This series is about to get chippy. I feel like I should say to that. I mean, thank you for sending us the question, listener. Also the fans won't be playing in this game. Like, I don't think, they're not going to be fighting each other. Like, the the fact that we're going back and forth doesn't mean the series will become chippy, but I guess, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I say, so defining fight as like scuffle that doesn't go anywhere. You know, like they hold each other and walk around, but no punches actually thrown. I think it's going to be guard-based. I think GP2 is going to get up in somebody's shit. Let's say De'Aaron Fox. I say GB2 and De'Aaron Fox. Nothing actually happens, but you know, people get really close, and there's words exchanged, and there's you know some shoving, but that's it.
2: So, so for me, I I, I think that it's going to be Draymond and Sabonis, and and you know, at first I didn't want to pick Draymond because it seems like the obvious answer. He's the person that's punching people or whatever. But you know, we have the potential to go to a small ball lineup and therefore Sabonis is going has the potential to pick us apart. He's 7-1. You know, dude is a beast. And I think now that Draymond is a little bit older, his mind is just as quick, if not quicker than it's ever been on the defensive end, but his feet and his body might not be quite as quick as they used to be. Maybe and, some dirty fouls. Yeah, right. And so you might end up exactly right. You might end up needing to play a little bit below the belt. To stop Sabonis a bit, which if I was Sabonis, that would start to piss me off. And that's the type of thing that could escalate over the course of a series to a full-blown fight.
1: Can you show Marcus some fucking respect and refer to Sabonis as playoff champion Sabonis? I mean, he (laughs) has all of these accomplishments. The least you can do is acknowledge him. Uh, MT, I know that we are losing you. So I want to at least throw this question to you and you can give us a super fast answer because I love the question. Quote, good news, boys. The NBA has invented a, quote, father-son time machine that allows NBA kids to team up with their pro dads. If Steph and Del Curry played Arvidas and Demata Sabonis in a two-on-two, 221, who wins? What do you think?
0: Yeah, that was tough. Um, I immediately was just like, oh, easy, you know, Steph and Dell. But um, that's just assuming that, you know, they take them out behind the arc and and are making their shots because they'll obviously be able to create space and hit enough threes to win.
1: Well if and the, the rules, shots aren't right? like we did yeah. threes count as two? You know what I mean? Are they playing by ones? You know how like what are the how are we doing this? What are the rules? Because That's That's two true. on two and for them to play two twenty-one suggests they're playing by ones? Like I, you know, it's a it's a it's a hard scenario. Um, but I think rules are gonna make a difference.
0: Yeah, but I, I didn't get that deep in the question. So <laughs> we'll just leave it where it is. Well, um, I so appreciate you not really think thinking about the, the question,
1: man. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. I think the challenge is, you know, Arvitas was a legit skilled big man. Like he was Bloody Divots before Bloody Um, So if they start backing down Dell and Steph, there's no way, you know, they don't stop them. There's like 120 pound difference there on both sides. So um, I, I, you know, if they just back them down and threes aren't two, if they're only one, then I, I think it's it's a close game. I still still think Steph and Dell pull it out, but there's no stopping them. They just have to hope that, you know, they
1: hit enough shots and they get to score first because the game will be 21 to 20. That'll be the final score. Working backwards. So there's no, I mean, Arvita Sabonis' reputation is as sterling as they come. But also, if you try to find footage of it, there's you you can find less grainy footage of Bigfoot. You know, <laughs> like we and we didn't see him here until he was you know kind of fat and overweight. But he has he has nothing but skill set that is absolutely true. And Tomanza is really fucking good. Um, but the two things I would need to know is one, what are the rules? We already talked about that. Two, who starts with the ball because nobody's stopping shit. So if Steph, you know, if the Curry's start with the ball, ball game. That's it, dude. If if it's the big boys who start with the ball. Ball game, you know, there's not, there's not going to be any defense played in this. So really the most important thing is going to be, you know, how do we even determine who takes the ball out? Because if they're shooting for it, it's the Curry boys all fucking day. Um, so, you know, j- based on that alone, I'm going to take the Currys.
2: There's one more piece that we need to toss in in terms of the rules, which is are we picking, you know, like them in their prime, right? Because our Venus had the Achilles injury before he even entered the league. Um, you know, and there's like reports that, you know, when he was over in the Soviet union, he was ridiculous. But by the time, like you said, he was overweight and, and not as exciting anymore. So like, what, what era are we getting of these players? You know, are they them in their primes or are they them? Is Arvitas still alive? Yikes. I should know the answer to that question.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm going to laugh instead of answer because I also don't know the answer <laughs> to that question <laughs>
0: Also, you're making this question way more complicated. It's just who would win, and you, you pick Steph, because this is a Warriors <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, Says the guy who was blowing Sacramento 15 minutes ago. I, I don't know if you're allowed to say that, which leads to our final question, the crescendo. Thank God nobody already ruined this. What's our predictions, dude? What do you guys think is going to happen for the series? Marcus, what's your prediction? <laughs>
0: Warriors in three. Um I, I think if the Warriors split, win one, one of the first home games, um, then it's in Sacramento, um, then it's Warriors in six. If not, I think if they lose the first two, then it's Warriors in seven.
1: I'll go Warriors in six. Um, and my secret plan, don't tell anybody, is if the Warriors lose game one, Bet a shit ton of money on the Warriors series because I think the line will change drastically. I think the public will panic. And I think that three to one kind of upside will switch almost immediately. And then hopefully I'll earn some money. Hopefully, my call is Yep, Warriors and six.
2: Yep, clean sweep, Warriors and six.
1: Let's go. For those of you who enjoyed the show, didn't like the show, want to get us a question, do anything, you can shoot us an email too. Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Also, maybe more importantly, we are on social media and we are deep on social media now. We're on Twitter. That one's at warriorshuddle. And then we are also on Instagram now. Very similarly, also at warriorshuddle. And to complete it, we are on YouTube, um, which again, no surprise here. Search for warriorshuddle on all three. We appreciate you. We uh, will be with you guys while we're rooting for the Warriors here over the next couple of games, and hopefully we'll see you real soon.